Researchers have finished mapping the mouth of the underwater Tongan volcano that in January produced Earth's biggest atmospheric explosion in over a century. University of Auckland volcanologist Shane Cronin led research into the widespread impact of Hungatonga Hunga Hapai's eruption and tsunami event. He spent the past two and a half months in the Pacific Kingdom, seconded to its Geological Services Department. The report, released earlier this week, assesses the eruption and makes recommendations for future resilience. The caldera or crater hole created in Hungatonga Hungahapai is now four kilometres wide and drops to a base of 150 metres below sea level. Before the eruption, the base was at a depth of 150 metres. Shane Cronin joins me now. Welcome to Pacific Waves. Tell me, what are the main findings? So um, I presented on results from our ash survey, our tsunami survey and our marine survey on, uh, in relation to the Hunga eruption. So the highlight findings are that we mapped the surface of the, uh, the ocean floor of the Hunga caldera and so we were able to see a very, very deep caldera at the top of the volcano. And so essentially we've mapped the sort of central part of the volcano and um, seen that the rim of the volcano and the upper flanks are intact, but that the central part's got this very, very deep caldera. So it's about four kilometres across and about 860 metres deep. So imagine a very, very deep hole scooped out the top of a mountain, and that's what it looks like. What will be done about this information now, going forward? So the findings I've been presenting uh, have been about what's going on at the caldera now, so the state of that caldera, the um, the observations that we made as we were uh, doing the survey. We also saw little, um, little pots of activity, so little spots where there are little vents um, uh, erupting at the moment with gas and some with um, solid particles as well. And also we were seeing evidence of active landslides uh, since the eruption. So that we were basically saying that there is a, a series of local hazards uh, at the site and that um, you know people should be very wary of, of um, small-scale tsunami and currents and various other things uh, at, uh, in and around the volcano at the moment. But that large-scale activity uh, now with a very deep caldera as present seems unlikely. This was a one-in-a-thousand-year eruption. What are the chances that we see a repeat or something similar? Absolutely. People are scared that there will be a, a continuation or a, another type of uh, another eruption of, of a similar type or scale. And it's understandable. I mean, it was a horrendous uh, event. Uh, it was an experience that shocked and scared a lot of people. But I will say, you know, to, to reassure people that the uh, caldera is very deep, and after an eruption of this very large size, and so we estimated the caldera um, has a, a volume of around six and a half cubic kilometres of material removed uh, or collapsed at that site. So that, you know, after such a fundamental change and an enormous eruption, uh, we wouldn't expect there to be ongoing big events, but the, we would expect there to be sort of follow-up small-scale eruptions because there's always a bit of magma left behind and there's always a little bit of residual heat. So slowly activity will return, but it will never return to that huge scale that we saw 
in the beginning of, of January. It needs hundreds of years to rebuild to that stage. So in terms of chances, yes, in future, in the geological sort of timescale, we would expect the volcano to continue doing what it has done in the past, and that sort of build up to these big things. But in the short term, you know, in the 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, we would expect only very small-scale activity of the likes that I've seen uh, in the latest survey. That is some welcome relief. Looking ahead, what are your messages or key information for countries that would like to support Tonga in this recovery? So I think the big things at the moment for the Tongans to consider, and particularly in, in relation to overseas assistance, is considering what's the next steps in terms of land use and um, land regulation, if you like, because um, a lot of the most severely affected areas uh, were uh, on the western side of Tongatapu um, and um, where there were a lot of resorts. And so already um, in places like Ha'apai, so some uh, people from the island of Mango, have, um, there's, there's a big resettlement scheme for those people uh, to relocate onto the island of Ewa, onto high ground. And, you know, that's a very that's a very positive move in terms of reducing risk and, um, you know, people living in very low-lying areas. And that's the sort of thing needs to be thought about. You know, other people living in low-lying areas, you know, what are the alternatives in, in, in the future for them? And also, what are the future alternatives for using land that, you know, has essentially the slate has been wiped clean. I mean, all the resorts of the western side have been damaged and destroyed or razed to the ground. And so, you know, is it the wise move to to build back the same sort of thing again? Uh, Are there other ideas out there, such as, you know, day use or, you know, building a beautiful sort of uh, amenities uh, in, in, in places like that that can be, you know, enjoyed during the day, but perhaps not where people are living or where um, or where accommodation uh, is being built. So those are the sorts of questions, I think, that really need to be seriously looked upon before, you know, large-scale redevelopment uh, goes on. Thank you for joining us.